Hello, Jess. Now, uh, before we get stuck in, said the uh, mm. wolf to the bishop. I don't know, made that up. Um, can can, can I me. just tell everybody at home that little Matt is poorly? Uh, by little Matt, I don't mean little poorly Matt. Poorly sick. Matt is, God, <laughs> started already. Yeah. He's fine. It's not what we heard. Um, uh, but uh, you're still a little bit ill. So on behalf of the committee, I would just like to thank yeah. you for um, turning up, delivering the goods and offering us your time today. Oh, that's very sweet. It's the lowest effort work I'll ever do. <laughs> so <you know laughs> so it's really fine. It's I've having a lovely a chat. People that have got a little bit coldy, poorly sick. And of course, I reckon COVID testing kits yes. must be through the bloody roof at the minute because everybody, you know, a little sniffle or a little, oh, I've got a bit of a sore throat. Yeah. I've started... I've done all of mine. Good. I'm clear. I'd like to see a nice clear mat. I won't have any germs on this podcast. Yeah. I won't, I'm, not, I'm not working with a... <laughs> well, I've got something. <laughs> oh, yeah, that is true. Yeah, you are still viral. It, it's, yes, it just, it's not, it's not the, the plague or the pox. <laughs> As far as I can tell, or, or the consumption. I don't have the TB. Right. Are we going to list any Hopefully. more Antiquarian? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Antiquarian! <laughs> um, now, mm. sadness. <laughs> oh, so so sad. I don't. <laughs> I don't think that we need to let this week's episode become dour and um, morose and sad. (laughs) No, just like the the sadness-themed podcast, i.e. today, doesn't need to be sad, just like our one about happiness wasn't very happy. No, it was. Happiness was really... (laughs) silly voice just because we're doing the sadness one. So... (laughs) <laughs> I sort of feel that sadness, and I know this is a little, um, uh, oh, what's the word, uh, antagonistic maybe? I don't know. It's been a really long morning. We should not record these in the afternoon, by the way, because four o'clock, I check out in my head at <laughs> four. Um, I and mean, if I'm doing, <laughs> done, you were doing, 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 really done. intense work in the morning, I tend to check out much earlier. So um, I think, and it is controversial, that's the one, that sadness is an important part of life. I think sadness, although most of us don't like it and we don't want it and we don't like to necessarily spend time in there, although some of us do choose actively to spend time in a sad moment, more on that later, Mm. I think it's a really important part of life so that we get that uh, contrast, so that we... You know how some people sometimes Mm. say, oh, you know, but all the sad times when things don't go right... They help make you, you know, the good times stand out. Well, I think that's true to an extent. Yeah. I, I, I think it's more like more often the sad times that make us. Matt, you're on mute. <laughs> oh, no, so I'm funny. not. I didn't Matt touch anything. He's not, we're not supposed to talk about it. It's supposed to be invisible. No one's supposed to know that everyone can see Matt really well. I don't know why it's muting things. I'm back, yes? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> good. But I feel we need to Sorry ruin the that. illusion and tell you. That um, that gorgeous glow. It's not real, viewers. It's all ringlet. <laughs> it's not. Um, I, w- I was trying to say before my 
laptop sabotage me was that I think it's more often the sad moments in our life that tone us more, that mm. make us, that we learn more from uh, than the happy ones when we're just bouncing around and enjoying stuff because it's good. If it was good all the time, we may not become better people. We may not, become, we may not grow. I have a theory about this. Uh, you, you're right. And, I, and isn't it interesting how when the good stuff happens, it just kind of rolls off of us and we're on to the next thing because it carries us. We're mm. light and you know, it, it builds resilience and confidence and, and stacks us full of all of those really positive hormones that help us keep going. Um, super, super important. And, of course, therefore, the bad stuff hits us like a, you know, it, it pulls the rug out from under us, hits us like a 10-ton a sort of weight because it has such a stronger physiological impact on our body um i think we've spoken about mm. this before that when good things happen to us you get a big surge of adrenaline thing with adrenaline broadly speaking adrenaline obviously you get when bad things happen to you as well but when good things happen big surge of adrenaline loads of positive happy brain chemicals but they get used up they get metabolized really quickly um and that's the same for all good things that happen to us which is why some people fall asleep very quickly after certain good things that happen to them. No, but but when bad stuff <laughs> happens to us, you get flooded with stress hormones like cortisol. And cortisol yeah. lingers for a long time. It can be hours, days, weeks, months, in extreme cases, years in the average adult human being. So oh, the bad stuff me. lingers longer. Therefore, it has a bigger physiological response in our body. Which is what I always say to people, you know, we should make it our mission to accentuate the positive things in life and hold on to those and make them a bigger thing. Um, which is, right. I suppose, why sadness, you, we tend to dwell in sadness, don't we? We tend to sit in it for longer. It sometimes is more mm. difficult to get out of sadness. Whereas you can be happy, but as you quite rightly say, it's almost fleeting. It's like sometimes happiness is there and then mm. bang, something sad happens and we spend ages in that negative space. Uh, yes, I didn't know you were coming to the end of a sentence. Um, uh, I think that's actually very true. And then again, because we're in it longer, I guess that's why we learn more from it, because we spend more time yeah. with it, either voluntarily or not. Um, and sadness ultimately is about loss. I was reflecting on things that make you sad, and I think all of them boil down to loss. Is that right? Do you agree? Well, that's an interesting... I don't know, I've not really thought about that enough. So when am I sad? I'm sad when... Uh, things don't go my way, so I guess that's missing out. I'm sad when, um, yeah, was people die or you lose something or haven't got enough of something, or yeah, I think it is it always lost. I'm so well, I'm yes, because it's not you know like if you break your arm and you get sad, it's because of the loss of sociability and being able to do stuff. And mm. like I've been a bit sad recently because of this damn tennis elbow that I'd developed um, mm. meant I've not been able to move in the way that I like moving and enjoy kind of exercising and stuff. So, yeah, I suppose it is. I think it is always missing out, isn't it? I wanted to explore it and push it to see if maybe there's another one because that would be worth exploring if you get sad for mm. something else. But, yeah, I think I think you might be right. Oh, dear, that was... I should have saved that for later in the podcast. What else have we got to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. I've just realised that my book of the week smells really good. You know, sometimes when books smell oh. good. <laughs> yes. Love that. I mean, that was that was a um, 
segue to end segue. I always used to go into WH Smith <laughs> when that was a place that you would go. Now you don't. Um, right. And just have a good flick through the, the magazine books. and just sniff. You can't get close to them now because of COVID, but, and I don't feel it's appropriate to, you know, nasally intrude on somebody else's reading, but um, <laughs> I used to find that. So when was the last time you were sad, like properly sad about something? I knew you were going to ask me about that, and that's because that's how these things work. So, funnily enough, we talked a few weeks ago about, uh, just in part, not as a main topic, but in passing about grief and trauma, and I said I hadn't actually had a, like a, someone I really love yes. die, close to, someone close to me die, and actually fairly recently, a couple of weeks ago, very dear auntie, oh. not blood auntie, but family sure. auntie, did very sadly die. And it did, um, it was a very sad moment. And I wasn't really sure how I should be. That was the strange thing, because I didn't know, like I know how to behave in most (laughs) scenarios, most. Um, And I wasn't sure, should I be processing this quickly? or? or, And then I spoke to my parents who were close to my other family, and they were all quite, they were, yeah, and they were all, at first when they first told me very sad, but, they didn't move on, but they pro- seemed to process it okay at the sure. time, like last week quite because quickly. They had more this week, oh, they had more experience, but maybe it was just the the reality of it. Sure. Um, the, well, no, sorry, the, the the shock and then over. And actually, funny enough, not funny, but over the weekend, I spoke to them and they've been sadder again yes. about it. So understanding that it is these waves of sure. grief and these waves of sadness, because you can't, well, some people do spend their lives. I guess obsessing over or, or caught up in the grief and unable to move on, and, and I feel really sorry for those people because because yeah. I, I absolutely you've seen it you've seen it in other people it consumes people but it doesn't have to and ultimately the person who's passed on I'm sure wouldn't want you to that's the that's the dichotomy sure. oh I'm mourning 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 yeah but <laughs> did they want you to be like that in real life no I, they wouldn't want you to be like that now yeah work through it I think there are. That, that sounded a bit harsh, no, by the way, just saying, telling people sure, to work to it. But, but then this platform has always been about discussing things frankly, hasn't it? It's not like we're either of us are mm. necessarily trained to give advice or talk about the things that we talk about in a in a prescriptive setting mm. for, for therapy. So we, we said from the very beginning that, you know, might not always agree with what we say. And if it comes across as harsh, it's nothing personal. It's just the way that we're going to rip mm. open all this stuff about being a human and work out what the hell it means. Um, your T-shirt's very annoying how it's sort of off. It almost looks like it's not on properly, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> do, do you want to know something else that'll really throw oh, you? What do I wash it with, the whites oh or the darks? God, yes. Oh, it's a minefield. Do you, do? do you pop a colour catcher in and pop it in with darks? <laughs> no, I generally turn it inside out and do it with sort of the in-betweens. Oh gosh, you're very good. But I do everything inside out like a responsible adult. I can't adult. do in-betweens. It's, uh, it's black or white for me. I can't be doing with this nonsense about... There's no grey area, no, is no, there? No, no, no. <laughs> Which is why, because I do whites with whites and darks with darks. <laughs> so, so there can't be a grey area or an off pink. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, interestingly enough, just today I was talking uh, about... Uh, a friend of our family who's old and she lives an incredibly sad life now because she's isolated. Because she's isolated, she's got a little bit depressed and grumpy and snappy and irritable. And so Mm. she's driven people away. And because she's driven people away, that just compounds the isolation and the depression. Um, Mm. And she's, she lives this incredibly bitter life, just full of sadness. 
Um, but that, I almost feel, is an unintentional choice that she's made. You know, she has... We said way at the very beginning of this, that, and it's something I reiterate all the time, because we forget mm. that every behaviour has a consequence. And broadly speaking, the things that are reinforced, you'll see more of, and the things that are punished, you'll see less of. And, you know, if you ever need to work out why somebody's behaving the way they are, you can look at either end of that behaviour. So before every behaviour, there's a cause. Every behaviour has an antecedent, Mm. a thing that makes it happen, a stimulus. And at the other side of the behaviour is a consequence. And if you look at either side of those, you can begin to unpick, why am I seeing this more or why am I seeing it less? And, you know, actually, I think I see a lot of old people that are sad because they're lonely and goes back to your point loneliness is a loss of interaction right loss of social um (laughs) interaction so maybe sadness is always about loss i wish i'd thought about this more because it'd be lovely if we could find a thing that it isn't there'll be somebody listening to this screaming no no what about xyz that's sadness (laughs) and not a loss um but also i wanted to pick up on something you said to challenge just to and i know you said it just colloquially um but grief is different to sadness. There's a, they're, they're very mm. different. See how I did that in a friendly way, Matt. Now, if I say something you don't agree with, you go, rah, rah, rah. actually, <laughs> I'm going to push. I don't agree with that. See how there's a nicer <laughs> way to sort of, you know, just kind of massage the... Well, <laughs> when you get to my age, as you frequently <laughs> like to tell me, time is limited, so I like to get to the point, as opposed to pussyfooting around. <laughs> Well, Happy. that's understandable. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think the epidemic of older people being sad and lonely is one of the saddest things that I can think of um, through no fault of their own or like just through lack of funding of services and bad connections in villages and towns and people just not being able to be around people. And obviously, the last 18 months have been horrific for that and exacerbated it. Um, and actually... The, like, uh, yeah, one, one, I really, I don't know how to say this. Uh, I want I old, older no, people no. to be, I want older people to be happy, happier and supported better. Yeah. Um, and I think the services for them is is pretty dire to all extents and purposes. Yeah, uh, yeah I agree. Well, the services are dire for an awful lot of people because while we've got MPs mm. moaning about the fact that they want more tax breaks for their second houses and that they don't earn enough money and they earn way more than the average um, uh, yes. person they forget why they were elected into that position of office and power to represent people um, and to do mm. something about it you know it's funny how we can always find another however many hundred million pounds for something that nobody agrees with like this bloody HS2 train and I'm sure there are many mm. arguments for a high speed rail train I'm sure there are and it would be very useful for you know I mean I commute that central belt it'd be lovely to be able to do that quicker but it's hardly like, you know, if someone said, look, do you want less old people to die lonely and more children with cancer to be treated or do you want that high-speed train? I sort of feel quite mm. a lot more people would say, oh, if it's either or, then we'll go for the better education, nurses being paid a bit more respectably, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But let's not get into that. Um, it makes me angry living sometimes. In fact, living sometimes makes me sad because I see all of the injustice and pain that that happens in the world and it doesn't mm. make me feel very legitimately very sad in fact that was the other thing i was thinking of when you were talking 
that's an example of sadness that is without loss is and maybe arguably it's clinical but it's still sadness is um depression and the i hate the term mental health so much it's it's overused and i don't think it's a very helpful mm. term but the emotional well-being area of mental health sometimes people feel sad and they don't know why and they can't feel any different because there's this melancholy this sadness that consumes them for mm. no apparent reason uh, they can have the mm. best life and you know their best life and Everything can be wonderful, but for some reason they wake up every day and it is just a pit of sadness. Um, mm. uh, th- I mean, that's a chemical imbalance, isn't it? No. So you're right. That is sadness without no. loss. I'm wrong. wrong. It's not a chemical no. imbalance. <laughs> so it's it's largely believed. It has been largely believed for years and years and years. Um, there were it's a very broadly in thirty seconds. There's a lot missed out. Please don't write in to say it's inaccurate. It is a very broad, uh, and there are classic examples of this all over the world um, throughout history. I'll give you another one in a second. A research doctor years ago, or don't quote me, fifty sixties possibly, thought that and gave a theory that depression was because of a a reduction in serotonin so he said imagine it's like a sink your brain's like a sink with a plug hole in it um normally you've got a plug hole and you build up all these lovely serotonin reserves and you get this lovely chemical around well people with depression don't have the plug hole in so all of the serotonin gets used up yada 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 um broadly speaking we now know that that's not true because all the evidence points against it if you look at the global evidence um the of course un uh, not undocumented because it is documented, but when you test a drug, you only have to mm. share successful trials of that drug. Right. So, and, and there's a law that supports this. So if I did 500 studies to try and prove that antidepressants work, but 499 mm. of them showed that it didn't work, I can just not publish those, keep those to myself, and publish the one that says, oh, look, <laughs> they work. Um and so right. historically what's happened is that, you know, we latched onto this whole chemical imbalance thing, enter the drug mm. machine, off you go. But that guy since came out to say, hang on a minute, this is all about our control. Like, uh, and actually, if you talk to modern day um, uh, scientists on, on that chemical imbalance, specifically that subject, way more of them mm. now say there's actually very little evidence to show that there is any chemical imbalance at all. It's a guess at best. And placebos perform just as well, if not better, as antidepressants, yeah. therefore, it clearly isn't a chemical imbalance. Um, uh, so, anyway, wow. I'm sure. it's like the other thing. Here's the other thing I was going to tell you, real quick. This is totally off topic. Yes, we might edit it out. Um, I, and again, I can't remember the guy's name. It's so it's way too late to be doing these conversations. <clears throat> but there's a chap years ago who positioned a theory about uh, called the alpha theory with wolves and dogs that that the most important dog was the alpha male. Um, and he was right. the one that was an alpha male and an alpha female, but those alphas were in charge uh, and they were the most senior of the group. Uh, he th- and that theory took the world by storm and everybody, of course, started training their dogs by kicking them and growling at them and trying to be the alpha and be in charge and all this kind of stuff. He then retracted that statement right. said, actually, I've been studying wolves for another 15 years 
and I've realised now that that is tr- it's not correct at all. Uh, the alpha is the sort of slightly more subordinate one because obviously if the alpha gets killed, then the whole pack is ruined. It's normally the alpha that stays back and it's the subordinate ones that go, you know, out uh. towards and do all the aggressive and the fighting, in which case alpha theory is, you know, completely useless for pet dogs and all the rest of it. So it's another classic example of somebody saying, oh, I think this might be right. And people going, oh, he said that was right. And then they run off with it, but don't listen to him when it... Oh, I changed. see. Right, sorry, I was wondering where you were going with that, but I do see the connection. (laughs) There was a lost connection. Yes. Uh, Interesting that it's not hormonal at all then, or or unlikely, or much less hormonal depression than Uh, other. Well, hormones are different to chemical imbalance, so um, let's just be clear about that, because you said earlier it it was a chemical imbalance, and that's different, not necessarily the same thing with hormones. But... I see. Um, oh, I'm being schooled today. I like it. <laughs> well, I just think if we're going to put a public podcast out, we should be, you know, accurate. Well, absolutely. No, and this is this is good. And but I would imagine these are the sort of things that people do. Conf- I, I I guess I conflated. Well, not I get not. I guess I conflated hormonal imbalance, hormones with chemical imbalance. And I imagine the man in the street might do that as well. So sure. you're saying there's there's no they're not the same. Well, not always. It depends what you mean by hormone. Like, define... We're probably going to get really boring. Now, well... But like, some, some, some hormones, <laughs> of course, well, are the chemicals that you're talking about, but, like... Yes, like your dopamines. Like your dopamines and your... <laughs> <laughs> and your oxytocins and your... Um, Lovely. So, um, like, a neurotransmitter isn't a hormone. Right. Um, anyway... But my point is that, because <laughs> could get really boring, my point is that um, while there is, you know, that group of people who have a sadness that sort of almost, it dogs them, it doesn't necessarily mm. mean to say that you're depressed or you have depression. Like winter blues is a classic one. You wake up and you feel a bit, bit meh, not really sure why. That's probably a classic example yeah. of another reason why you might feel sad, right? Um, when... Yeah, loss of summer, <laughs> loss of light. Loss again, yeah, it is, you're right, it's a loss. <laughs> Look at Matt, you're always right. <laughs> In this episode, yes. <laughs> so, my big question, I suppose, is... Sure. What do you do when you feel sad? And do you know of any ways that are... of things that people can do, or that you do, that legitimately make mm. you less sad? Because, you know, if you say, oh, I have an apple when I feel less sad, that's probably not necessarily global advice, is it? I definitely don't have an apple. Um, I, being very much a people person, not 100% of the time, because I don't think everyone, anyone is all the time, but I get my energy and I get lifted up being around people. So when I had the news, it was when I was on holiday, so I was with my partner, with my friends, and we went and did something lovely, and that was really nice. Um, Just, uh, I know what works for me in terms of giving me energy and helping me, to, I guess, see the bigger picture. Of course. And the thing is, I think sometimes people get caught up in, oh, I'm sad, so I have to stay sad. But I can be sad about this one thing, but also happy yes. about seeing my friends or happy about doing, like, the two can coexist at the same time. Um, I do, I, do you know, what? I don't, the more I think about it, it does feel like people feel they have to honour someone's passing by staying trapped in that. For, I lived with someone a while ago who had a, like a very close family member die a few years before, and she five years on was still trapped by it, like, trapped by it because remembering 
not just birthday, but oh, when when we did this together, oh, the anniversary of that. Like, it, it just feels like, it, it, it almost feels like that expression I said before about something else, taking poison and expecting someone else to die. She was so trapped in mourning and grief for the loss of this family member that it was ruining her life five years mm. on. And it, it, like, there was nothing I could, I could be a friend and be there for her, but I wasn't equipped, certainly then, to help her through the trauma, the grief of it. Like, I think in those circumstances, you need a grief counsellor. You need someone who can give you practical things to help you see through how you're, you're trapping yourself. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, very much grief, though. And I suppose grief is, the ex- is yeah. maybe an extreme sadness. Maybe that's how we the extreme. define yeah. that, maybe. Because um, mm. uh, mm. grief is super complex. It's fascinating as well, if you haven't got many friends. Um, it is something <laughs> I read a lot about. Um, but um, whenever I feel sad about whatever, it might be that a job didn't come off that I was really mm. looking forward to, or it might be um, um, whatever. It could be anything, right? Because, of course, the spectrum mm. of sadness is huge as well. And <clears throat> yeah. as you quite rightly say, some people spend a lot of time in sadness. It's all-consuming for them, and other people can move on much quicker. Um I'm trying to be better at moving on quicker, but I have to say I'm I'm a bit of a wallower. I, I, I can find it very difficult to get out of that kind of moment of sadness. And I don't know whether that's because I spent so such a long period of time when I was younger with depression that I think I sort of got used to... It's sort of become an unpleasant and unwelcome friend, you know, an unwelcome dinner guest that won't go. Uh, it, that you could tolerate, though, yeah, enough. Yeah, exactly. Um yeah, you don't want to, but so I think because I'm used to it, it's like a pair of tatty old shoes. That you think, oh, I've got those on. Yeah, so mm. I try to get out of it. And what I normally do is I now make a point of telling somebody that I'm sad. I share that sadness with out uh, in a space that feels safe enough. Um, mm that I can spend a bit of time in that sadness. And I think that's really important. Like, that there shouldn't be this mm. kind of... You know, sadness is an emotion, and all emotions count, right? All emotions are real. It doesn't matter mm. whether somebody else yep. feels it, or at the degree that you do or don't. What you feel is real. And so this nonsense of, oh, come on, you know, pick yourself up, let's move on, don't cry, don't, yep. um, oh, don't wallow in it. Don't, well, no, 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 that's what you feel. You need to experience it, understand mm. why it's there, and only then, I think, can you move on. And so I find that sharing it with other people, I guess similar to what you were saying, you know, you're not alone in that sadness, mm. but also it gives mm. you that little bit of an alternative, contrasting positive emotion in the social environment. Yeah. Um, it's like, you know, sometimes I'll hear people, you're quite right, we shouldn't really talk about death and grief because that really is a separate thing, but, you, you know, when something tragic happens or they die and then they laugh about something, they say, oh, I shouldn't laugh, you know, I'm supposed to be, you know, grieving or anything. Well, mm. you, know, you can experience a wide range of emotions, right? That, that's important yeah. to understand. Um, yeah, but and I, th- yeah, I think that that is the key, I think, helping people realise they can be grieving or sad mm. and other things at the same time. It doesn't need to be this all-consuming abyss sure. that people fall into. Obviously, the worst something is... The, ten, the greater the tendency that someone is going to fall into the abyss for longer and whatever, because it's deeper. But yes, you can still be glimmers of hope and laughter and good stuff while you're through the, going through that sadness process. Do you think there's any other reason why we might, why sadness might impact us so much other than the biological thing that I've spoken about that, you know? 
Um, it, well, it's the, the if we're if we're saying it's to do with loss. Once you've lost something, it is that oh, I can't get that back. That moment has gone. That thing has gone physically. Oh, so you're saying it's, that almost because, because sadness is attached to loss broadly. We've identified that mm. in ways that there, sometimes that isn't the case. But, yeah. Um, that it could be an expression of grief. Yeah, of, of gr- exactly, of grieving for whatever it is, not necessarily a sure, person. Sure, sure. It's that immutability that I'll never get that thing back. That has passed, and having to come mm. to terms with that. I wonder if that has a evolutionary or developmental role that's important that I can't think of right now, but I'm a big fan that, that uh, we exist and that the things happen for our, for our bodies for a very good reason, not just randomly, right? Because that doesn't quite fit with living i guess it's i guess it's to do with protection Mm. if you if you fear that you'll lose like if you're a caveman caveman you know family friends again (laughs) beryl and bertram caveman um if you're a caveman and uh you're you fear the loss of your child then you're going to protect them harder look after them better so it has that um, mechanism of making you a better parent, maybe. Okay, so it's a wayward um, kind of hangover emotion that out yeah. of context actually has no real use or value. Yeah, we're pretty safe nowadays. But sure. I, I think you could... You, I think it's, I guess it still does, still does have a role in terms of making you look after, look after your life better. Yeah, and better. be a bit more cautionary. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because you would feel well, sad if you burnt yourself on an iron, wouldn't you? Because you f- and you'd yeah. feel sad if you... If you'd lost your wallet. Yes. Yeah. So you might be more careful. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. How, how lovely. Mm. <laughs> mm. 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 Look at the week. <laughs> I think. <laughs> Mine smells <laughs> lovely. <laughs> what does your smell like? Dirty book I sniffer. See you sniff your book, Matt. <laughs> I can't believe you did it. It's disgusting. What does it smell like? Smells like premium Honestly, sadness. What you were going to say. <laughs> right. <laughs> Should we have a sad jingle? <laughs> have you written a sad jingle? Oh, God. Okay, go on. If you're sad, we can help. Grab a book from the shelf, reach it down with a grin, watch it doesn't hit your shin, open up and look inside, read of things you sometimes hide, knowledge empowers what you seek, welcome to Book of the Week. They're getting longer. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I like to think that in your head you've made each episode seconds so episode two was two <laughs> seconds book of the week <laughs> episode 21 will settle down for at least two rounds of a chorus <laughs> episode 23 is just a book of the week jingle for 45 minutes <laughs> that's a very good one and considering right that you've got poorly throat yeah, hey, I think it had some aside, gravitas. That was very good. Whoa, whoa. Remind me to tell you a story about eye chlamydia when we're not okay, recording. Okay, I will. Um, 
<laughs> one for the party. Um, right. um, you go first. No, you go okay. first. No, you go Mine first. Mine is, and this is going to need some explanation, all right? Oh, God. <laughs> Mine is... The Diaries of yes. Fred and Rose West. No, mine is... <laughs> mine is... Les- <laughs> Les- <laughs> lessons in Stoicism. Where, where the hell... I can't get a focus on Oh, is it Marcus Aurelius? No, it's John, Stella, John Sellers. Um, <clears throat> lessons in Stoicism, what ancient philosophers teach us about how we live. So the reason, and as you know, I do love a dog ear. <clears throat> uh, it's only a short one. Not the dog here, the, the book. <laughs> it's a tiny little sort of introduction into what Stoicism is and the sort of concept of Stoicism. Um, but, okay. and how Stoics, uh, you know, look at different things. But there's a really, there's a great chapter about how we live together and the idea of philosophizing about different ways of living together. Um, and there's a really Lovely. nice chapter, chapter six, if you're interested, uh, on life and death. Because... Um, of this very obvious line, but I felt it fitted with today. <clears throat> None of us know when or how we shall die, but we do know that one day all of this that we currently experience will come to an end. How many of us live our lives fully conscious of this knowledge? Most of us are familiar with stories of people who have had close encounters with death or been diagnosed with a life-threatening illness, only to come out the other side with a renewed and revitalised appreciation of life and the time that they have left. For those of us who haven't been through such an experience, it is easy to forget our own mortality and the all too limited amount of time that we have left. I could go on and on and on and on. But I mm, felt mm. that um, often sadness is, as we've already experienced, uh, explored, as a, an emotion that catches us. It's not one that we choose. Uh, you know, very often it's, oh, I need to choose to be happy or I need to choose to be more positive. Yeah. I need to do. You wouldn't necessarily say, I must choose to be more dour and miserable, right? And sad. And mm. what I like about this book is it, in very, very short period, you know, it's only what, 180 pages, including the index. It's a nice, short, easy read. Um, it's published by um, a, a book company. Um, it is published... Great! By Good facts. Alan Lane. Guess what? They're an imprint of Penguin Books. That bloody Penguin. Um, and it's bloody John penguin. Sellers' Lessons in Stoicism because it's a really nice way of looking at things differently and thinking about things differently in a different way of framing things. And I think when you're consumed by sadness or you're in a period of sadness, allowing yourself to sit with the sadness is really important. So don't try and get rid yep. of it. Get on with your life, you know, do things and carry that sadness with you because then it just sort of peters away, it depletes. But it really is all about nothing is going to change that. Having a cup of tea isn't going to make you less sad, but thinking about what is making you sad differently and reframing it, which ultimately is, you know, a lot of the, the foundation of stoicism, is going to be the thing that helps you through. So that's why I picked that this week, Mr. Matt. I love it. Smell. Love it. Oh, I sure. I love a good smelling smell. book. Um, before we get to my book... Yes, you need a wee? I just had an idea that... No. <laughs> I just had an idea that I think might turn civilization around. And I don't say that lightly. No. Uh, genuinely, right. I also think it's a billion-dollar idea. And we're um, going to share this publicly. Yeah, this is just what based on what you were just saying. So the the the, the Stoey man said about <laughs> um, people don't realise that they could die tomorrow, or, that, or like they don't realise the finiteness of their life yes. until they have a near death experience. Yes. 
What about a company that parents hire to give their children a near-death, but not actual <laughs> death, they're fine in the end, experience, so that their children grow up going, oh, well, when I was nine, I almost was <laughs> fell under a pier and was swallowed by a whale, but I came out its bumhole, and now I live every day like it's the last. Yeah. That is de- that will glide through an ethics committee. I've no, I've, I've nothing. To I mean, suggest that that isn't the most horrific idea I've ever heard. Absolutely fine. Do you not want a motivated generation coming next who live life to the full and grab it by the cojones yeah, and uh, spend all their time in front of a, a flat screen or a, a mobile device? Yeah. But maybe they wouldn't if they had near death experiences when they were nine. Yeah. Why nine? Anyway. Well, you want it young enough so they can make the most of their life. All right, 15. All right. All right. Just wait, <laughs> well, we'll maybe hash out 30 the details offline. Maybe cocky and irritable that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Anyway, yeah. it's good, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Um, my book recommendation, recommendation, my book recommendation is actually the first anti-book recommendation because I'm not going to recommend you read this book. Um, right. <laughs> because on one hand, it's awful. Uh, right. On the other hand... It's amazing. Right. So it's called A Little Life by Hania Yanagihara. This is the shittest book of the week review that you've ever given. On one hand, it's <laughs> awful, and on one hand, it's amazing. Like, are you, have you got like, yes. a deal with the publisher or something? What is that? <laughs> um, it's published by Picador, and it's about four friends who live in New York. One of them, focusing on one of them called Jude, who had an awful childhood beyond what you can mm. imagine. And then, but it's not like, it's not, it's not, so thankfully, it's not like autobiographical. Uh, but then it also, it goes into how he copes with it, how his friends cope with him and here. And it, it's very much about sadness and about loss of, of, I guess, childhood and youth and innocence. But it's also, the reason I said, so that side of it is awful. And it veers into, some people describe it as almost, you know, as torture porn, because it lingers on the details of the bad stuff sometimes. And, it talk trigger warning it talks about self harm quite a bit as well it's the flip side of that is amazing it's amazing because i've never read a book where the characters are so incredibly brought to life where you understand and can picture them so intricately and so vividly and wonderfully that as awful as it was i couldn't stop reading it so it's hopefully now that's what you're starting to see why it's it's not for the faint hearted but it's a it's a serious big book i mean it's 900 pages Right. Uh, 800 pages um, shortlisted for the Man Booker in 2015 it's it's unlike anything I've read before and quite frankly I don't want to read anything like it right. again but it is an incredible experience when you're going through it what a um, what a book to recommend have you ever dosed on Lemsip or something this is <laughs> I mean I was flippantly joking about my terrible first book but I mean you just went straight in there here's the a to Z of yeah, serial yeah. killers. It's a great book. Yeah, it's it's heavy, is what it sounds. It's it's as a work, it's it's very heavy. As a work, it's brilliant and it's clever and it's smart and, uh-huh. and but it's, it's tough. a literary piece. It is <clears throat> okay. Well, there you go. Book of the week. Yeah, yeah. I th- sort of feel like we should have thought about this a little bit more at the very beginning, and that we should have had a um, outro. Because okay, you've got a book of the week jingle to come in. It's almost like a little... Oh, oh, I've got to write two songs yeah. a week, have I? <laughs> All right, Matt. We've told about... We've spoken about the aggression before. <laughs> you don't have to do anything, remember. 
That, not out of our therapy that sessions. Was book of the week. Ba, 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 ba. Yeah, that's good. See there. Ba, 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 ba. Book of the week. Ba, ba, so, ba, ba. Um, what's the, what, what we published by Penguin? <laughs> what we didn't talk about, or what we didn't touch on, which I wanted mm. to make sure that we touched on with this episode about sadness, was um, sort of the, the the hero stories of sadness, really, of other people that we've known. Oh. Well, I guess you could oh. you know, give yours, I suppose, but. Um, other people who've known that have had pretty sad times that have come through, N- not as an example, not as a, oh, look, you know, when you're in this position, this could happen. But I think mm. um, I-, I kind of really want that give, particularly for the lesser great experiences of being a human, like sadness, particularly when you're in it for a period of time, because it can be bloody tough mm. feeling sad for a long period of time. Mm. It's a bit like breaking your arm, where after a while you just get really annoyed with it like you, the, 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 with the, the disability of, you know, not being able to shower or use your arm or whatever it becomes really yep. frustrating. And I think sometimes if you're sad for a while, the irritability, the lack of sleep, the, the glumness, the not being able to pick yourself up, the, it can become just annoying. Um, so mm. I wanted to share or to make sure that we had enough you know, practical examples of ways that people could not feel sad. So when you're feeling a bit rubbish, what what's your sort of go-to, you know? And I know a friend of mine experiences sadness quite often because of a condition that that he has. Um, mm. But I, but his go-to always is um, he sleeps extra. So it's all a bit like, you know, the episode last week about self-care, really. You know, what are the things you can do mm. to kind of feel more loved and nourished and take time for yourself? Because... You know, when somebody's feeling sad, you need to approach them in a more gentle way. And if that's you, you need to approach you mm. in a more gentle way. So it's about to lower your expectations a tiny bit and think about what yep. are the ways that I can enhance my self-care routine. I think you're right. I think sadness can be an incredibly isolating feeling. So mm. upping that social aspect or sharing that sadness with somebody that you trust, I think is really important. Um, I know some people actually enjoy doing that with people that don't really know them. You know, I've spoken to my mum's a hairdresser, right. and she always said, "You would not believe what we get told as hairdressers. You <laughs> share anything oh. with hairdressers, like yes. mini unqualified therapists." Um, when I was a face-to-face personal trainer as well, everything came oh, out. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think even more so because, especially in summer, people are literally—they're hardly wearing hardly wearing any clothes, so they're li- they're literally bearing themselves, yeah. and so I think their guards are down and things get talked about you don't about. get that so much as being a personal trainer online now definitely not oh, that's interesting uh, like also because but the interactions i have with my clients is generally shorter so like 10 15 minutes as a call as opposed to an hour spent with someone two or three times and a week in a park you, as opposed to face to like zoomy or something yeah like, yeah. Okay. yeah um um something that really always does help me feel better that i remembered uh Yes, go for a walk, but specifically look up. Remember that what that I think is sadness. We can get so caught up in yes. the minutiae and the yes. smallness and feel trapped in a small world. Looking up and remembering there's this huge sky above us. There's this huge world with infinite possibilities and connections to help us realize this will pass. I can get through it. Things will change at some point, even if I'm still going to feel sad now. Just to opening our worldview i think can really help there's with that amazing um quote isn't there what <clears throat> it's something is so simple like you're gonna like laugh at the fact that i can't really remember it now but 
Is it this too shall pass? Yeah, but but it's it's the bit before the this too oh. shall pass, isn't it? It's something like oh. the the good and the bad both shall pass, or something like that. Because <laughs> good, you definitely took my quote and made it worse. <laughs> No, no, because uh, <laughs> no. The, the, it's more powerful when it lists um, that, you know, actually it's the good things and the bad things, or the bad things and the good things that are going to pass, because right. that's life, right? So Everything exactly, passes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, hang on. Uh, While you're no. looking that up, I'm just going to say something else that jumped into my mind as well, because when you likened sadness to a broken mm. bone... Yes, annoying when we're not when we can't get through it maybe as quickly as we want. But don't forget, with broken bones, often the broken bit is the strongest bit afterwards. And I think when we have experienced something sad, that can be again what I was talking about right at the start. Things we've learned from, and we can be stronger in that situation again. Realize, understand that we won't let something make us as sad if it happens again. Yes. How do you feel about yeah, that? That's great. I like that. And. And it sort of ties in what we were saying about, you know, that everything passes or repairs. For every rupture, there has to be mm. a repair. Otherwise, it's an incomplete rupture for for as long as there is no mm. repair. Um, I, I can't find the thing, but it reminded me that Rainer Rilke said, uh, beauty and terror just keep going. No feeling is final. Um, and the no feeling is final thing is probably the most relevant bit for yes. us, right? Is that, um, you know, if you're feeling sad, uh, it is momentary. You can do things to help you. Uh, move on with that sadness if you can't move on from it. Do you know, I actually read, and I can't remember where, that that real emotions only last for about 30, 40 seconds, and then we have to choose to go back into them. Oh, wow. Which That's might profound. be quite disconcerting for people. Yeah. Um, that based on what? Is that again, evidential? Is that something that, or is that someone's sort of... I guess it was... No, it was scientific key, and I, I can't can, actually remember you say stuff like this because you just read fiction all the time. <laughs> it's probably like <laughs> some Jilly Coomber page turn, and you were like, "Oh yes, well I read recently that uh, emotions are in <laughs> Doctor Sexathon says that thirty emotions don't. I read this as come mid spanking. What nurse? <laughs> um, uh, which I thought was a really interesting thing, and yeah. again comes down to that well you you said it about you like to wallow in the sad you're a wallower so maybe the the emotion of sadness is only 30 40 seconds and then you're choosing to stay in it longer gosh that's an incredibly i'm going to pick that up with uh, some of my therapy colleagues i think because that is a really interesting point <clears throat> i don't know how you would evidence that but it's an interesting thought isn't it that even if it's not mm. true it's made us think a little bit about next time you feel something ask yourself what is the emotion um, mm. and then ask yourself, why is it here? You know, don't just try and dismiss mm. it, understand what it is you're feeling. And then perhaps the next thing you should ask yourself is how do I want to feel? Because if sadness mm. isn't what you want to feel, then okay, I can honor the thing that's making me sad or not. Uh, you know, as in your example, you know, if it's grief from something you want to grieve or you feel you need to grieve, you can still honor that. It doesn't necessarily have mm. to be with sadness. Um, the Jewish faith have the most beautiful way. <clears throat> I know we're not talking about grief, but they have the most beautiful way of honouring um, people who, when they pass. I think it's called the shiva. Is what they. The, I, it's probably pronounced with a slight accent. I have lots of Jewish friends, 
And um, when somebody passes away, they spend a week of mourning. The, the shiver is, is a week of is is a period of mourning. I think it's ten days actually. And right. uh, the idea is you do nothing. You don't cook. You don't clean. You just go inwards and spend time mourning that person you have to put an old piece of clothing mm. on as well and so all of your friends and family come around they cook for you they clean for you they do all the stuff they nourish mm. you so that you can just spend time fully immersed in that grief period and grieve and grieve and grieve and get it all out it's not like like in you know england or, or in the you know sort of western culture where we just sort of get on with stuff you know and sort of 20 minutes mm. after the hearse has gone someone's popping a hoover around you know or something so um, <laughs> you do nothing and you rip pieces of your clothing away every day they rip a bit of this so, so oh, you, wow. you wear a, a, an old piece of clothing on the outside and people come and tear bits of that clothing away every day and you also sit on lower chairs or stools everybody else sits on when they come around to help you and so they sit on the higher platform so the idea is over that period you you completely shed that grief and, and symbolically you shed mm. the old person attached to that person that's passed away and you get nourished and helped through that period <clears throat> so that you come out the other side of this shiver renewed and feeling like you've got all of that grief out you've got all that emotion out isn't that a wonderful mm. wonderful idea a way of immersing yourself in an emotion rather than running mm. away from it or trying to carry it whilst getting on with stuff yeah and at first, I thought the idea when you were describing it of ten days of intense mourning sounded quite well, like there might be better use of people's time. But actually, if you can do, if you can do ten days and be done, and then be like, I will always honour their memory and be sure. happy that we had that time together, and then not feel like trapped or uh, well trapped by the memory sure. anymore, then actually that sounds brilliant. Oh, yeah. I mean, think is, I think what you said last week, or we've certainly mentioned it today, I imagine we've mentioned it before, if you think back to your childhood and how many times you were told not to cry or don't be sad, and isn't that tragic mm. that actually we've been raised unintentionally mm. by our parents to be emotive yeah. and to um, not have uh, the strength or the confidence to display emotion or even to sit with that emotion, and we know that that's a much mm. better way to handle our emotions. So if you're feeling sad, then be sad. And tell people that actually, yeah. do you know what? I'm not on top form. I'm feeling a bit sad about this. Um, just bear with me, um, because to own it is to make it real and honour it, and you'll come through the other side much quicker. Hmm. It really is, Matt. I'm sad. Oh, this has been it's lovely. Come to the end. I'm, yes, the loss of another podcast <laughs> episode. But don't be fear not. Save forever, ever on the internet cyber highway. <laughs> yes, it is. Um, <laughs> Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe, or or do that too. Follow us on Instagram that uh, Human Podcast. Subscribe on the Apples, the Spotify's, the Amazons, the Googles, wherever you find your pods. A lovely little review, a, little, a couple of five star ratings wouldn't go Just amiss. The one five star rating. Uh, share nice. it with your friends. <laughs> <laughs> the sadness of the loss of our success. <laughs> and don't forget merch. You can get your exclusive yes. human podcast merch. Jezrose.tmail.com. We saw Kathy wearing one on her um, Instagram recently. She bought the Beauty Fades Dumb is Forever t-shirt. Brilliant. Did she? Looking great. I'm loving that. She did. I'm going to go see it now. Me also. <laughs> Good. Uh, Jess, thank you. This has been lovely and actually surprisingly thoughtful for us. It has been, hasn't it? I know. <laughs> How tempered. <laughs> All right, Matt. 
We can Love do that. Love you lots. Don't be sad. Get well soon. Bye, you too. Happy Bye. Bye. Bye.